Rob Hahn is the founder and managing partner of 7DS Associates, a strategy consulting firm specializing in creative solutions rooted in strategic analysis and data. With a varied background from finance, corporate law, technology, product development, media and entertainment, startups, fashion, and even as a professional card player, Rob brings a unique perspective to business problems. Rob started in real estate at a specialized commercial real estate investment firm investing in airplane hangars. He moved on to Reology, where he headed the interactive marketing for Coldwell Banker Commercial. Rob writes the well-known blog Notorious ROB, where he opines on topics in real estate, technology, marketing, and strategy through far too long posts. <laughs> he is a pro, uh, pro, prolific speaker, better at, than at, than me, um, at industry events such as Inman Connect, T3 Summit, local, state, and national association events, as well as weddings and bat mitzvahs. Somehow named in the Inman 100 most influential people list, despite his best efforts not to be noticed, Rob understands that with great power comes great responsibility. Conversely, he notes that with very little power comes very little responsibility. He is a graduate of Yale University with a degree in philosophy. Unfortunately, the Wall Street philosophy banks banks were not hiring when he graduated, so he decided to add a law degree from NYU along with student loans the size of a good mortgage. He is a refugee from New Jersey, residing currently in Las Vegas, Nevada with his wife and amazing, the amazing Sunny Lake Han. Welcome, Rob. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns, and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market, and it's evolved into so much more. I found that I love talking to people, and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well. More specifically, where we reside in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones, and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place, and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the grateful heart is. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, today your guest and my guest is Rob Hahn. He joins us from Vegas and he's also known as Notorious Rob. I am delighted to bring him on. By the way, I'm your show host, Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns of Grateful Heart TV. And here is our guest, Rob, Notorious <laughs> Rob. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How are you, Rebecca? Good. Wonderful to be. I, I love your setup. Oh, my God. Like, I do a little podcasting, but, man, you, you, you're you knocking out the park. Well, That's thank awesome. you. I appreciate it. I have a lot of fun doing this podcast. I actually said sure. uh, to somebody, we just aired his show yesterday, and he complimented me and said, um, you know, he was really surprised. We kind of switched directions last minute. He's like, you're really mm -hmm. good at interviewing people. I'm like... Dude, I yeah. love to talk. What can I say? I will talk yeah. to anybody anytime. I love finding out people's stories. It's so much fun yeah. for me. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. you know, your whole background is really cool. Being in the real estate um, market for as long as you've been, I know we've got yeah. a ton to talk about today. I yes, was reading. I was reading your bio, and okay, number one, just so all the ladies know. This gentleman is taken. His wife, Sunny, is super sweet and super cute. So she is all his and he's all hers. Um, so I'm afraid he's not single, ladies. And um, he is the managing partner of SDS, which 
you know, 7DS. 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 Thank you. And you know, we, when I met you the first time, I never talked to you about that. So I didn't even know what 7DS was. Can you share that with us? Because I, I want to make sure, sure that I understand all of your business opportunities <laughs> because you are kind of all over the place, dude. Not going to lie. I am. So 7DS uh, stands for seven deadly sins. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, and you, you've it, committed it, all it, of them all the time. Is that why you named your uh, company that? We, we all do. So the, the motivation behind it, when I first started the company, you know, I thought I was going to do a lot of marketing consulting because uh -huh. that's sort of my background. Uh -huh. And uh, in marketing, I thought Seven Deadly Sins is one of these things that every one of them is this fundamental human drive Yeah. where if you do too much of it, then it's really bad, which is why the, it's called a sin. So, for example, like uh, gluttony. That like always comes to eat, mind, right? Die. Yeah, but you have right? to eat. You know, yeah, you got to eat. So the issue is it's such a powerful urge that, you know, that the the ancients are like, hey, we're going to warn you against eating too much. Like, right. this is such a powerful urge. You know, lust, same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to, you have to have sex in order to procreate and have the next generation. True. Such a powerful urge. So for me, 7DS was always about understanding these very fundamental, powerful urges that we could use in marketing. Ah, <laughs> I like it. No, but that's cool yeah. because, you know, honestly, with marketing, isn't it all about just kind of hitting home to somebody? That's and right. and the that's easiest right. way to hit somebody's home is probably with one of those seven deadly sins, since they are necessary in, in each of our lives, and, right? Right. And I've always thought that like the perfect business has all seven, right? And then really deep. So for example, like I, I think I used to say like the NFL uh -huh. was like a perfect business because it has lust, you know, you have the cheerleaders. Yeah. It has wrath because you have large men hitting each other. Right. Totally. <laughs> it's got envy. Yeah. You know, it's got it all. Lust. You know, yeah. So. It, definitely. Gluttony. You name it. It's got it all. I mean, you got it. You, yeah. you got it. And so, so for your marketing company, that's really interesting. Do you do a lot of marketing for people other not than anymore. yourself? Okay. So that was something no, that anymore. you've done in the past. You're not doing Correct. it right now. Correct. But, and that's what I really want to talk about. You know, at, sure. after a break, we're definitely going to get into what you're doing today, but I would yes. love to learn a little bit more about Rob, notorious Rob, sure. and your uh, background, you. um, because it is really fascinating to me. I was reading your intake sheet, and one of the first <laughs> things you listed that we get to talk about is lawsuits. Yeah. Like, I was not yes. expecting that and transparency. Yeah. So obviously, the more yeah. transparent you are, usually is the less lawsuits you're probably going to be suffering from. That's, um, that's exactly right. And, and I was curious, is that why you listed that just to chat about lawsuits? Or what's your experience with mm. lawsuits, dude? Okay, so first of all, um, you know, I, I, I confess, I'm one of those, uh, I like to say I was a uh, lawyer larva. Yeah. And okay. I avoided having to become a lawyer, uh, but I am, I am in fact, a retired member of the New York bar, uh, but <laughs> I never actually practiced law. That is so I did funny. My summer, I did my summer internship and came to this realization, uh, I don't think this life is for me, you know. Okay, um, so time out, dude. That's something else we have in common. Sure. I'm actually a certified paralegal, kind of did the same thing. Uh -huh. I'm like, you know what, law school, two years. Ah, let me try the paralegal yeah. gig, see if I even like it enough to, you know, suck it up for two years. And I yeah. quickly learned myself in those six months that yeah. I was a lot happier and my bank account looked a lot better than most of those instructors yeah. that were teaching me with law uh, degrees. Uh, I'll tell you, it was three things. So I'm summer. I'm a summer intern at one of the biggest law firms in the country mm -hmm. called Wagashal mm -hmm. in New York City. The average partner at this firm makes a million dollars a year. So okay. this is like the pinnacle of the profession, right? Yeah, this is I'm where a, you, you know, want to be when you get out of school, right? Correct. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a summer intern there, and I noticed a couple things. Number one, every single partner, right, that I was like following around during that summer, none of them wanted to be a lawyer. Not <laughs> one. Everyone's like, like, I'm just waiting until my kid graduates, and I'm gonna go open the Airbnb, you know, a, yeah. a bed and breakfast. I'm gonna go pursue my passion. I was like, okay. When you're at the pinnacle of the profession, and every single one of those people are like, I don't, I don't want to be doing this. Like, they weren't wrong. happy people, were they? No. No, it's two. These are again at the pinnacle of the profession. Mm-hmm. Every single partner I interface with was on their second or third marriage. Ouch. Well, and I said again, something about this lifestyle yeah. probably lends itself to that. And then the third thing that got me was uh, you had to break your life basically into six minute increments because they bill you by the hour. So they want to be able to bill you a tenth of an hour, mm-hmm. right? So literally, I had a chess clock on my desk. For six where I'd minutes. be working on some memo, phone call comes, I have to hit the chess clock, take the phone call, write down, and I said, I can't live like this. It's not for me. Where so. you're basically tracking every minute of your day so you can bill people for every minute that you spend every thinking minute. about them. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, you yeah. and I are, I, I knew I liked you when I first met you, Rob. Thanks to George <laughs> for introducing us. And I think, you know, yeah. our personalities are very much in, in, in alignment because you have your podcast, which is um, yeah. actually, I think I have, let me see. I should have. Oh, yeah, there it is. Notorious yeah. Rob is the. I haven't. What? I know, but you know, I haven't done that in a real long time. The one that I do more regularly is industry relations with Greg Robertson. Oh, you should have sent so, me that yeah, link. Make yeah, sure yeah. I get it after today's oh. show. And so when we Absolutely. post it, we'll put the link Absolutely. on there too. Because, you know, I just going yeah. off of uh, George kept calling you notorious. Every time, uh, well, yeah. every time he mentioned your name, there was nothing yeah, but... Yeah. There's no Rob. It was always notorious Rob. <laughs> so I thought that There's was a story your... there too, right? Which is, you know, when I first launched my blog, uh-huh. uh, I wanted a name and I'm a big fan of Biggie Smalls, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm from New York, right? I mean, I kind of have to be. So I <laughs> you said have to notorious be a fan. R-O-B. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Well, I already told my producer that he better be playing that song from Notorious throughout the entire episode. Anytime you say anything yeah. cool, he's supposed to cue the music. So we'll uh, we'll see when we watch this episode yeah. later how, how many so, times you deserved the Notorious Rob song to uh, be played. Thank you. So I thought the lawsuit thing, because this has been the big thing that I've been talking a lot to, you know, like realtor associations, brokerages. Mm-hmm. I'm going up to Canada in a couple of weeks to speak, you know, at their big conference. I'll probably I've mentioned this as well. Mm-hmm. As, as you know, Rebecca, there's there's a couple of lawsuits, a bunch of them really, but two in particular yeah, that that's... are happening that's going to completely change sort of the landscape of how, how real estate is done. And I mean, I don't think the industry is fully aware of what that is. And I think consumers for certain have no freaking idea what's coming, except Ooh. that when it arrives, it's going to be I'm getting chills right now because I know exactly what you're talking about and where we're leading to. So one thing I'm going to mention that people who maybe don't um, aren't in real estate, but they're homeowners, Mm -hmm. home buyers, home sellers. Mm -hmm. I held an open house this past weekend and I had one of the folks who came through. They're like, how much are you guys paying co-broke agents? And it was interesting to me because I'd never had anybody be so bold. But I think it's because it's becoming more of a thing. Now our listings right. now note how much commissions are being offered to the co-broke agent. So it's actually public That's knowledge. Right. And, as, and I knew That's exactly right. where you're going. So so for the rest of the people listening, I'm sure they don't know what we're talking about. They may not. No idea. So why don't you go ahead and share about the DOGA and all of that fun stuff sure. when it comes to real estate with respect to what people pay us realtors that sell their houses. Sure. 
Sure. So there are two major class action lawsuits that are happening right now. One is out of Missouri called Burnett versus NAR. Mm -hmm. And the other one is out of Northern District of Illinois called uh, Merle versus NAR. Okay. And Merle's the bigger case, right? right. That's claiming basically 20 markets. Mm -hmm. And these are the largest MLS in the country. And mm -hmm. I think Armless might be in that mix as well. So you guys are going to be implicated. Along with four of the Implicated. largest real estate Good times. companies. Well, because you're not being sued directly. But right. Armless is implicated, right? Uh, and the four of the largest real estate companies, you know, in the industry. So Realogy, which is now anywhere, mm -hmm. uh, Kell Williams, Home Service America, and um, And Home Remax. Services covers us. And just sidebar, right. my old CEO actually got pulled into the DOJ. And I remember That's he right. told me that was the scariest day that he's That's ever right. experienced in his entire life having to appear before the, that panel. Yeah, it's, 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 intense. it's no joke. Yeah. It's intense. So anyway, so the basic lawsuit premise is that commissions in the United States, you know, mm -hmm. which were at the time like 6%, mm -hmm. I think today it's closer to 5 But again, the idea is that NAR and these brokerages conspired to keep commissions real high through cooperation compensation which is the way that you know we've been doing business in our industry for 50 years 60 years so you know what I mean? once a buyer agent came around you know because it used yeah. to not be buyer agents so for let me explain for those listening that they may not be aware of this if you go hire a realtor to sell your home typically you pay that agent a commission and they usually right. split it with whoever brings the buyer if they're lucky enough to find right. the buyer on their own, maybe they'll negotiate. I commonly do with my clients that if I find a buyer myself and I don't have to pay another agent, I'll give them a break, right? But that's just negotiations between me and my sellers. And that's I'm right. not saying every agent does that either because not all agents will. And so a lot of times uh, new first-time home buyers don't realize that having an agent represent them actually doesn't cost them anything because currently the way it's structured is the sellers, in, in theory, the reason why the sellers are the ones paying the commissions is because the sellers are the ones with the money, in theory, when the sale takes place, right? That's right. So I just want right. to interject that just to make sure that anyone listening understands that's the current structure that we deal with. And unless you've bought and sold a house in the last couple of years, you may not be aware of that unless you've carried a license. Mm -hmm. So please proceed, right. Rob, with your story. I okay, apologize. So, well, I'm going to take issue with one thing you said, but that later. You right? can take issue uh, all you want. I'm cool with that. I know, because I think it's something you and I agree on, mm -hmm. right? But it's something that consumers aren't aware of. Uh, but anyway, so this lawsuit's happening. Uh, both of them are now classified as class action, mm. which means that obviously these lawyers, you know, have it's insane amount of money oh, yeah. know, at stake. Billions that they're and by the way, threatening. Mm -hmm. the, here's the important part, I think, that, again, when this first popped in March of 2019, I wrote about it instantly because I said, look, NAR, MLS's, Realtor Associate Brokers get sued all the time, all the time. Right. And they've gotten sued on this theory that, you know, these commissions are kept high by a anti-competitive collusion between Collusion. That's such brokers. a terrible word. I hate that word. I, right? It's terrible. I, so, but that's that's happened for decades and it never went anywhere. Right. I thought what was different is the lawyers involved in this case are some of the scariest, biggest best class action antitrust attorneys in the world. Now, is it right? true that it's the Redfin who actually started it? That's the thing no. that I had heard that it was because Redfin no. was complaining about commissions being standardized, that it was yeah, Redfin no, who started the whole thing. Not at all. At least as, there's absolutely no news, no facts. That you've no heard that before. Anything. Okay. No, no, correct. 
Um, Cohen Milstein is the firm out in New York, and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, Hagen's Berman is out of Seattle. They're, these guys have taken on, like, Visa, MasterCard. They've they're, taken they're, on big they're, tobacco. They're the scary guys with big fangs that are ready to, like, but I don't. I mean, in. it's not that. It's just, okay, I went to law school. I know a bunch of plaintiff's lawyers. Like, to, to be hired by one of those firms, you literally have to be, like, Delta Force. You're the yeah. elite of the elite. You're really good at your job. Right. And these firms have enormous bankrolls. So of they could just keep... They can going. keep going for as long as they want. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. if they win, they're going to take 40% of the reward, right? The damages. Mm-hmm. So what do the damages look like in this case? In Merle, <clears throat> I computed, because we don't exactly know. Mm-hmm. I think Merle is right now a $165 billion case. Mm-hmm. $165 billion, And the lawyers will take 40%. Okay, which means they're who, not giving up. No, <laughs> they're not, not going to give up. And then they're who, not going away. Who's paying the lion's share of that? Because I know they're suing NAR, right? So if NAR is going to have to pay that out, I'm just thinking, you know, forward thinking. Do they have 165 billion in their no, bank of accounts? Of, of course, and it's, and by I'm the, being it's a little NAR. facetious. And those four companies, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. Those five companies cannot afford 165 billion dollars. It's just. Not going to happen. It's instant bankruptcy. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's not going to happen. But my point is, it's such an enormous amount of money. There's no settlement. There's, There's no, no going, going away. away. Right. Until this gets correct. settled by our Department of Justice. and they Or come really with, by the courts, correct. And they correct. come out with a the ruling Department on of, it. Correct. And the Department of Justice is a factor because the DOJ and the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, have been going after realtors for about 50 years. Yeah. Probably since they came so, up with a buyer broker. No, it was even before that. It was back when they designated the, the first Supreme Court case uh-huh. uh, that I found was in 1950. Wow. Against not even NAR, because back then it was called the National Association of Real Estate Boards, mm-hmm. right? saying what you guys are doing with designated agency, yeah. that's anti-competitive. You can't do that. Well, and, 1950. And what I don't understand about this, okay, so I'm going to give a real life example. Just this morning, Please. right before I drove over, I'm negotiating a binzer. What a binzer is, you know what it is. It's basically I've got clients under contract and we just went through inspections and I messaged the other agent and said, hey, the HVAC system is going to be a deal breaker. Home inspector said yesterday, <clears throat> "Yep, there's no fixing it. It needs to be replaced. It might be working today, but I'm surprised it is and it ain't going to work for long, right? And right. the agent actually threw in my face that he was paying me a 3% co-broke. Okay, so yeah, he's like, basically do your job and like stop calling this deal breakers. And I'm like sitting there going, hey, wait a minute. I'm like one of the good guys. I offer 3% on all my listings. You know, I, I that's cool that you did too, but you know, I, I don't know that I should be treating my client in this home and situation any different. So I think mm-hmm. that kind of plays into what you're alluding to no or what the, or what the argument that they have um, talking about is the commissions and how powerful they are with our motivations and our behaviors. Sure. And that's going to be at the center of this whole steering notion. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens at trial. The point is, and the point I make all the time, so again, I've been reading every legal paper that comes mm-hmm. out of both of these cases. And mm-hmm. all I can say at this point, Rebecca, is that the judge, in my opinion, the judges have made up their minds. Well, obviously, because I know where you're going with your business model next, and I know you believe that. Before you even get, I'm just saying the judges have made up their minds. (sighs) It scares me. The only reason why we don't have a decision is because this is a jury trial. But let's think about it from a jury trial standpoint. I mean, I think a lot of your listeners are just 
average consumers. They are. Right? And they don't know anything so, about commissions. They probably think correct. they get paid too much as it is, right? Um, most of them do. So there and, you go. And I just think like a jury of six people who have time on their hands, you get them on a, on a stand, you get them in the jury box and say, so listen, hey, did you ever sell a house in the last, uh, whatever, 10 years? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, I did. You got ripped off by these greedy realtors and right. these brokers who are, I mean, I... You know, and you know, we can both paint the picture of what the flip side looks like because you and I both sure. know if I get paid 3%, sure. how much of that do I really retain? Probably about that's right. 30 to that's 40% right. after everybody else takes their cut out I, of me. I feel like, right. I feel like none of it's going to matter in a jury trial. All you have to do is just, you know, I, I could see how that narrative goes. Whereas the counter narrative on the defense has yeah. to do with this like long historical record of how cooperation compensation came to be and from why. the, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. It just, and then here's all the different pieces and it's really not that bad and blah, blah, blah. I, I, <laughs> really not that bad, blah, so, blah, blah. <laughs> it, you know, I just don't see the jury like taking the defense's side so, at trial. And right? I thought so, that in this case, the whole issue was that it was hidden, the commissions. And that's why, like, for example, no. now Armless now notes right. and makes it public record how much compensation is right. being offered to that agent that is taking you shopping for houses. No, the, the fundamental problem is that the they think it's just too much. Yeah. That the decision makers, the policy, the academics, mm -hmm. the media, uh, law, you know, legislators, FTC, for them, the problem is in the U.S., we pay between five and six percent mm -hmm. to sell a house. Right. In Europe, in Australia, in, in other Western developed countries, mm -hmm. it's closer to two percent. Ah, interesting. So they just want the f price to come down to about two percent. So this is the way they're going to try and go about it. Okay. So, and this could be, and, this and, mean, and this yeah. could, and this could easily be in the courts for years and years and years. You know, for years and years. You know, and that's the thing Correct. is, and until something gets ruled, we may not change how we're behaving right now. Although I know there's a sure. lot of disruptive things coming to market, which we're going to talk that's about right. as soon as we're we come talk back. We're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk but about it as soon as we come back from break. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What do you want to interject before we go to break? Well, let's go to break and then I'll, I'll bring this point up. Okay. okay. Let's go to break. Let's go to break. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned 
independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. We're back from break. Rob is ready okay. to make his point. Rob, t- let's talk. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. You're exactly right. The legal case won't be decided probably for five, six years. Mm-hmm. The problem is at the brokerage level now, not even NAR, not armless at the brokerage level. So think of like you're a home service America. Yeah. I work for Berkshire Hathaway and and they cover many different brokerages. So that's why they're known as Home Services of America. I think there's 55,000 of us in the country right now. That's right. Here's the issue. When these two lawsuits have gotten this far, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's from these two lawsuits that you have to be concerned about. It's all of the copycat lawsuits. In other words, like I, yeah. I know the plaintiff's bar. Like I have friends who work in that industry, right? Because mm-hmm. I went to law school. I, what they do is just wait and see somebody else kind of break through, do the work. Uh-huh. And then they go, cool, it's time to jump on. Yeah. Because somebody else has so already done problem- all the all the legwork, all the real work. Correct. And then, Correct. then they can just keep citing that case as they're doing exactly. their arguments. They just, and, they all, and they don't have to do as much work because they just look at the, the complaint that mm-hmm. the very expensive, high quality Cohen Milstein lawyers, they just copy it. And you file it in your wherever area, yeah. right? And the issue is going to be this lawsuit goes from 2015 to 2020, right? That five five year period. Mm-hmm. Future lawsuits are going to go from whatever 2019 to 20, whenever. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, if I'm a broker, I have to be thinking, okay, there's a really decent chance I'm going to get sued by not these big national companies. Right. I'm going to get sued by. Joe Smith, you know, ambulance chaser. Do you know what I'm saying? It's funny. One of my Plating lenders' name something. is Joe Smith. It's funny that you said that. Okay. All I, the teams you know, I, like, there, there are. All, I mean, I'm in Vegas, which yeah, is like the home of you know big time plaintiffs, you know, uh, lawyers. <sighs> and I see these billboards everywhere. Right. Right. When they start running those late night cable TV ads, did you sell a home? You may be owed compensation. You know, like that right. kind of shit. Like, we know this is coming. We know so it's the issue coming. Is for, we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. So whether these two big cases win or lose is almost immaterial to some extent. Because they're just going to copy everything else. Yeah. That point. The issue is as a brokerage, you're going to get sued. So if you're going to get sued, oh, you might so not scary. want to continue to do this thing for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the end of it, maybe you lose. And then all of a sudden now you're looking at an additional four years of liability. Wow. This is the problem that brokers have to confront today. Right. Right. Because if you wait until, you know what? The Merle case, these cases haven't been decided. Let's just keep doing business as usual. Cool. You've done that. You're totally fine to do that. And they're going to keep doing if that. If they I lose. Think. Mm-hmm. The problem is if then NAR and, you know, this all gets settled out and it turns out, yes, all of these brokers and all this NAR owes $156 billion, mm-hmm. you're not going to get sued by all of the other copycat lawyers for everything you've done from 2023 to 2020. 
because hey, you didn't decide. cease when you knew this because was becoming Correct. an issue. Correct. So really, I mean, I don't know about you, Rob, and, and, and well, I know about you, and actually this is probably a good segment <laughs> to just go. I, I wanted to hear, okay, time out. Before we get into yeah. what you're doing now, and I do want to talk about yeah. that. Okay, Rob went to law school, but Rob also works at Realogy or carries his license at Realogy. Do you not? No, no, I, I worked at, I was a corporate. Oh, you are a corporate. Okay, so do you carry yeah. a real estate My license My wife is today? the broker. Okay, so Sunny <laughs> does all the legal real stuff and you just tease her and make her not sleep at night probably with all this fun stuff. Um, more or less. Yeah, more, more or less. less. Well, and I, and I know that I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Sunny a couple of times and she's a yep. very intelligent woman and I know she's, she's She's your better half, especially when it comes to Decenter Labs. So I do, right. I do want to talk about uh, Decenter Labs. Let me scroll over real quick just to show the screen, sure. which is um, literally, if you guys want to look him up online, uh, it's D-E-C-E-N-T-R-E-Labs.com. And I'm assuming people just hit the contact button if they want more info. Uh, yep. What's Decenter Labs on Medium? What do you mean by that, Rob? So I've started a Medium uh blog to start talking about what we're tr attempting to do okay but and you, you know this because yeah. rebecca you are one of our launch partners in phoenix yeah so this i think is something that i've been wanting to do for you know for a bit and i think this is probably an interesting alternative now what's interesting about what just happened with these different lawsuits is i think the center is going to become at least in, an interesting proposition for a lot of brokers and a lot of agents mm -hmm. so what is it? it? What it is is fundamentally, I think the way we go forward is transparent auctions. And I think we replace the sort of cooperation compensation commission model mm -hmm. with something that we are trying to do. Now, we're brand new. We're a new startup. Right. <laughs> Justin Phoenix, we're just getting going, as you know. You yeah. Know, we don't have like <clears throat> thousands and thousands of things. But the idea, I think, is fairly simple. Well, the um, premise behind we it, I do love, and I know I yeah. got to help you beta test a little bit on the website that's, right. that's not currently live yet. But what's cool about this and sharing it today is it kind of gets people thinking about mm -hmm. the new real estate that's coming into our universe. You know, there's a that's lot right. of things coming that are going to disrupt our industry. And it's not just right. what you're working on, Rob, but I do think it's a big piece of what's coming to us. So with that introduction, let's go ahead and explain how it actually works. Sure. So basically, the idea is I think the best way for consumers to buy and sell real estate is mm -hmm. through an open auction. So mm -hmm. think eBay. Yeah. Think bring a trailer. Totally agree you know? with you. Mm -hmm. And and what I really thought about it, you know, I get confronted, like I challenged on this, you know, a bunch of times. And my thing is, look, I have nothing against the current system per se. What I'm saying is the current system we have of the offer acceptance process where you get 11 offers as a listing agent and mm -hmm. you have to look through all of them and then submit them to your client and talk through each one. That to me was state-of-the-art technology back in 1930. When that system was <laughs> <clears throat> Do you know what I'm saying? Like back in 1930s and the 40s, like we didn't have these things. The MLS is a printed book. You know, like right. that was the state of the art. That, that was as transparent and, and, as we could get. And that was the only way people could get information was from a realtor. Exactly. And that's, I think, the exactly. biggest component that's changed today because of technology that people have at their fingertips so much more information. And right. that's probably where they're coming from with this lawsuit is maybe 50, 60 years ago, you know, we had right. to work a lot harder in sharing that information but today it's on all these websites everywhere and it's not right. um 
copyrighted. So, you know, right. if, if I post my listing, it's out there for the entire universe to use right. as they please and look at as they want. That's right. But so the way I kind of saw is like the technology now exists where we can do live open auctions. It doesn't have to be this closed bid process, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's really beneficial for buyers and it's beneficial for sellers. And I actually think it's really beneficial for the agents as well. So for buyers, it's obvious, right? I mean, think about the it's, maybe today it's a little different in Phoenix, but think about 2021. <laughs> oh, hey, craze. I'll tell you what, there's still multiple offers happening. I have a couple of really nice listings okay. right now. And, you know, what's interesting is we had a ton of activity and everybody's like, hey, is there an offer yet? Hey, is there an offer yet? Hey, is there an offer yet? And we got one for each of those listings from the weekend open houses uh, last night right. and this morning, and they're super low. But what's funny sure. about it is if it was on an open platform auction, well, that's just where the offers sure. start, right? And then the that's next right. guy might come in above, and the next guy might come in and above. And I know the premise right. between, because you and I, uh, you know, I created something called Investor Offers Phoenix years ago. It didn't, mm -hmm. it didn't take shape because here comes open door offer pad and everybody else doing what I wanted to do. But it was mm -hmm. seriously the same premise that you have in the sense that I wanted it to be transparent. I, and I thought that right. seriously the sellers would benefit the best because in that environment, people will drive up if they can liter literally see what the other people are offering, which today does uh, not no happen. Question. That's right. And I think so. I think the benefit of the buyers is very straightforward, right? Right. You know, I mean, the, the experience for a buyer today is I have my agent submit an offer, right? Mm -hmm. And then either it, I hear nothing, right? And it's like, sorry, you didn't get the house. Or your agent gets a call from the listing agent hey, your best and final is due Thursday. Right. right? So you and your agent said, okay, what the hell's best and final? What does that mean? Well, we're going to do this. We're going to bid another 10000 And you're just guessing. Fine. We submit that. Right. But you're guessing. You're, you're guessing you're and then you, guessing. Throw, you throw it into the wind, into mm -hmm. the black box, and you wait. And hopefully you get the call, hey, congratulations, you got the house. Right. If you get the call, you didn't get the house. Very often, the listing agent doesn't tell the buyer agent why. Well, they sometimes don't even know the real reason or they're just not allowed to disclose. You know, the sellers may not that's right. may not want you right. to disclose. In our uh, listing right. contracts today, if with their permission, we can disclose what we're looking at. But if they choose not to right. allow us to disclose, we can't. That's right. So the problem then is this is now hurts both parties, right? right. So I'm, I'm a buyer. Let's say I go, okay, best and final. My wife loves this house. We're in love with this house. Say the la you know uh, the list price was 500000 You know what? Five fifty. And go, you lost the house, right? And then you find out I lost by five thousand. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I would have gone five sixty. Yeah, <laughs> I love if you'd known, but you didn't had know. I known, right? Now, had I known, number one and number two, had I had the opportunity mm -hmm. to do better. The current system is not set up that way. You know, right? it brings me back to, and when I started in real estate, again, I hate dating myself, but I say it all the time. <laughs> Next month, I hit 30 years doing this, dude. And oh, wow. when I started, uh, I did. I worked with for my dad, and we did a lot of yep. VA repos and HUD home repos. Sure. And that was um, in an era where it was an open auction. Yeah. But what I liked about back then is both of those entities being government entities, they would actually go yeah. in and inspect the properties and you as a buyer could see the inspection ahead of time That's so right. that you That's could right. make a good buying decision. Now, they didn't run right. it like eBay. You'd literally bring yeah. in your bid, you put it in the box, and then you wait for them to open them all up in front of you. And then yeah. you as the agent could at least tell your client, hey, 
well, it went yeah. for this and this is, you know, there were this many offers and, and all of that because yep. this was 30 years ago, you know, before the technology that we have today. But yep. I really appreciated that. And that was the thing that I was trying to introduce in, into the website I had created a few years back was yep. let's have an open platform and let's not hide any of the blemishes right. of the house, you know, because a lot of people are like, you're not allowed to, No, it's illegal. You can't hide the blemishes of the house. No, well, you know? know, when you're selling and marketing, you might like, uh, you know, show, showcase some of the good things, but you're just of hoping you they don't notice that the bathtub of hasn't course. worked in years, you know, things like of that, course. you know, you don't necessarily point them out, but, um, you know, to be able to just have a sheet, like this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this is going to need to be replaced. So then you're making an educated mm -hmm. offer. One that will most right. likely stick because right now the biggest That's thing right. I'm seeing in our market is homes are canceling at the inspection because we have sellers with last year's price points in their head. So they feel like they're sacrificing selling at today's prices, right? Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. don't want to fix nothing. And then we have mm -hmm. these buyers that are looking at interest rates hitting seven, high sixes, unless they pay to bring it down. So it's like, I feel like we have these two worlds that are super spread apart. And the transparency that you're wanting to deliver with your decenter labs, I think it'll bring them. I think it'll bring them right close together. And if That's that right. means it's less work for me, I'm okay with making less money. I totally am. It's just right. right now I'm navigating all kinds of things for my clients, and most of the time they don't even know half the stuff I'm doing on their behalf sure. because it's my job. You know, I don't need to rub sure. their nose that I was in an argument with a listing agent this morning, and you know all the other calls yep. I'm making. Um, but that's because I'm usually on an, on a, uh, investigation hunt, you know, trying to get them all the information <laughs> I can. So yeah, if yeah. it was transparent, I do think it could be a lot easier. Our jobs could be a lot easier. So, but that brings up the benefit for the seller, of right? course. which is, look, I think the biggest issue for a lot of sellers, exactly to your point, a lot of sellers have this idea in their head, my house is worth this. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the. And you know this. One of the the most difficult conversations for a listing agent to have with their seller client is the price reduction conversation. Oh yeah. Because you could pull up all the CMAs. You their could pull house up all is the, always everything. the best one ever. I mean, they never exactly. want to um, realize that the house next door sold for twenty thousand more because it was nicer. It had sure. been taking better care of. Like you know, you can allow the market to dictate the pricing based off of this transparent auction exactly. platform you've created because you know like if you yeah. go into a seller and say hey we need a fifty thousand dollar price reduction first of all you might get fired on the spot oh right? of course because the client's like okay mm -hmm. it's not because of the it's because you suck right <laughs> second of all the question is okay suck, well <laughs> why why fifty thousand that seems like an awful lot right and you have all the data you say look and professional you have 30 years experience you're like look i know this market i'm telling you it's fifty thousand reduction and yet it's a really hard conversation my thing with an open auction is you don't have to have that. No. With an open auction, you just have to the bids. Hey, you could think your house is worth a million bucks. The top high bid after 30 bids is $920,000. Guess what? This isn't Rebecca telling you. This is This is the market telling you. This is you. the market telling yeah. you the price of your home is $920,000. Now, I do want to interject one thing I thought was really cool you and Sunny have on your website. <clears throat> yeah. And this is because I'm one of the privileged few who've gotten to see it already. <laughs> so I have the teaser knowledge. Um, yeah. I really like how you have created the opportunity for the seller to value the other terms that are not monetary. Right. So and right. when I say that to explain to those who are listening, when you make an offer, you know, whether it's contingent on the home to sell, uh, whether there's financing contingency or whether you're paying cash, like these are all different 
terms in a transaction that matter to a seller. And depending right. on how much it matters to the seller, there's actually, you've allowed them to create a dollar amount for said terms. So at That's the right. end of the day, that offer of 920 may really be worth 950 because it's cash, quick close, your preferred title mm -hmm. company, like all of the things that the seller asked for right. were an equal offer of 920 that maybe has a home to sell using some other mortgage company, some other title company, 60-day right. uh, closing, like all these other things. Mm -hmm. And maybe that one's really only worth 900 to the seller because of all those That's terms. Right. Like every offer right. is unique. And I really, right. really liked that part of your site. Keep it going. Thank you. I really did Thank like you. We're that. We're going to keep doing that. But yeah. here's where things get even better, actually, right? Oh, so you, you added something you two, else I don't know about? Oh, yeah. Think about this, right? So you have two bidders. They're both 920. But uh -huh. one, to your point, is cash, short close, blah, blah, blah. So it's really worth 950 to the seller. Uh -huh. The other one is 920, but it's this FHA, whatever. So it's only worth 900. Mm -hmm. That second guy could look at that first bid and go, damn. They're at 950, right? Because what of do I these need to other do? features. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? And then it's like, you know what? I actually can't, I can't do all cash. I can't do those things. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to bid 960. But if but there's an appraisal the guarantee, buyer, yeah, the has a agent. chance, has the chance. But then you go into right. wanting to get an appraisal guarantee if you're going to do that. And that would be something else that the seller might sure. have uh, value to. Those are the to. types of things that the buyer and the buyer yeah. agent could sit and strategize. Hey, I yeah. really want this house, right? Rebecca, I really want this house. What do I have to do to get this house when when the top bid right now is 950 because right. it's not 920 sale price plus $30,000 worth of whatever. And then you and I talk about it. You just go, listen, Rob, you just... You just got to bid 975. So, Rob. And I said, I love this house. I'm going to bid 975. And Think I'm, about that benefit for the seller. Well, now. they just the drove, like, oh. they drove the price up. And I love your website. And so we're circling yeah. back now with this conversation. I want to circle back to the initial conversation, which is talking about those scary lawsuits. That's right. And I think you're going to get some resistance to agents that are not like me because I'm very open-minded. I am right. very forward-thinking, right. and I've already kind of been That's here, right. done that. So when I first learned about it, I'm like, cool, I totally get the concept. And if That's it avoids right. me from getting sued, I like it even better, right? Um, and so do you see this adoption of your platform being perhaps a mitigating reason that would be a defense a particular brokerage might be able to have down the road <laughs> if they get sued for activities happening today. Yeah, so this is where I have to say, I'm a lawyer, but I'm not your lawyer. I'm certainly not anyone listening's lawyer. Of course. So please consult your own lawyer. Yeah, right? of course, of course. That. But I'm just I'm just throwing that it, out there is, yeah. I, I could see that yeah. being a, a good defense. Like, hey, you know, we get you DOJ. That's why we, you know, started using Decenter right. Labs. That's right. And the important part there is in the last lawsuit, the Murrow lawsuit, where the where the judge certified a class, right? Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, if you ever sold a home between 2015 and 2020 in these 20 markets, you're part of this class mm -hmm. and can now sue all these companies. Mm -hmm. The one group that she specifically exempted and left out of class were people who bought or sold at auction. Huh. That's interesting. So I'm like, because wait a minute. Because the auction people aren't being harmed and the auction people are also paying the buyer's fee, which I know That's is right. something that you're also doing in, That's in your right. platform. That's right. But with an auction thing, there's none of this like cooperation compensation. All the NAR involvement is not there. So mm -hmm. she left out anyone who bought or sold at auction out of the class. Hmm. It says to me going forward, if you're a brokerage and you don't want to get sued by copycat lawyers, 
you might want to start moving some of your transactions to auction. And we're the only auction platform right now that could actually do some of this stuff. So, so we Rob, think we're going to have drive some some usability there. Yeah. I really think this episode is going to help me um, explain your product to our sellers and right. even my own agents. So I'm really happy that you joined right. us today. I, I'm, I'm happy too. I'm really I'm sad looking at my clock because it's been zeroed out for a few minutes now <laughs> and I can hear my next guests outside of my doors. So as much as I would love to sit here and bullshit with you all day, I totally would, by I the know. way. Um, I, know. I know we're very like-minded and I wish you nothing but huge success with Decenter Labs. Thank you. Um, and you're going to help us, Rebecca, well, I know because I'm gonna you are help. one of our beta test pioneers. I am, so. I am. And as soon as you guys figure out how to get land on there i'm your girl <laughs> uh you know because uh, that was the p first piece i wanted hey. to start with on the auction platform absolutely hey but you know what after this podcast your sellers might be calling you up going hey rebecca yeah they might be like i want to do this auction thing. thing yeah and i'm not yeah. opposed to doing that i think the thing that i initially felt um and i have a hard time with it because i'm out with the first-time home buyers today is Absolutely. you know buyers are already scraping to get in with today's higher interest rates and all of that That's so right. to throw the right. my commission on to their sales price i do struggle with and i think that's the one thing okay that's so this be is a point to, i want to okay. differ with you on right oh Which this is, is a different no, we're gonna have to end it on uh, we're gonna end it on this note where we're differing Come no on, no no because i'm i guarantee we're gonna agree okay we both know yes the seller pays the commission mm -hmm. but the buyer's the only one bringing any money to the table and the seller looks at the net sheet. Yeah. Which means the buyer is actually the person paying the commission. So we went back and forth on this. And when I first met you, yeah. because I'm like, dude, yes. just build it in yes. the price. So we don't have to have that coming out of the buyer's pocket. And I know you yeah. you didn't agree with me. And that's okay, because this is your yeah. platform, that's not okay. mine. And that's, that's okay. okay. And then the, the only thing I'll leave with is, the interesting thing is when you do an auction platform like we are, mm -hmm. the auction premium fee can be financed which means your buyers do not have to come out of pocket with some ginormous check. Oh, you didn't tell me about that last time we talked. Is that something new? <laughs> we obviously have to have more conversations, but listen, I mean, I think most of the people listening to this are consumers. So what, one thing I'm curious about, I would love for them to tell you, mm -hmm. maybe you and I could have some conversation about sure. it. This is something I believe as someone who's just been involved in the industry. And obviously I'm biased because I have an auction site, but I'd be real curious whether buyers would want that additional level of transparency. Oh, dude, sellers, you're not really curious. You already know the answer to that because absolutely any buyer would want that transparency. I'm negotiating if, a bizarre right now. if it's coupled now. to the whole buyer premium, you know, with that, okay, oh, I don't want that. Well, you know I think for the transparency and the guidance, because, you know, I'm working with a first, for, great example, the one I keep referring to today, home was yeah. built in 1962 and my first time home buyers have a price um, budget of 800,000. You know, it's mm -hmm. odd to have a buyer, first timer, um, looking at an $800,000 yeah. home, but in this particular location in our valley, yeah. um, older homes that, that get that much money, right? That, and as right. a result, there's a lot of things that we just discovered yesterday with the inspection. I sure. think had they known the things that we're finding now, their offer might have been different. And so I do like the transparency. I am a huge fan of that. And I do think the buyers, yeah. if they understood that it's built into their price and they could finance you know, my That's services, right. it's just a mind shift. And I think as, right. as the future comes our way, all of our minds will be shifting because we That's are right. having a disruption to our business and most people aren't talking about it. They just stick their heads in the sand. I am a nerd like you and follow this kind yeah. of stuff. And, That's right. you know, That's I right. always want to see Power what's to coming. Power to the nerds, yo. Power to the nerds, yeah!
Oh, that's I think cue the song for I in case you were wondering, and um, you know I, I do really need to let you go. It was a pleasure, yeah, and, and we're gonna go. have we're gonna have another show because I gotta I gotta finish this conversation with you, Rob. And is so as a teaser, if somebody wants to get on your site who's listening to us, when do you think you'll be able to go live? Like not well, just we're live testing. in Phoenix right now. Go to decenterpx.com. Uh, PX and for Phoenix. We're live in Phoenix. Okay, Decenter PX. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, you can check out the Center Labs where you explain the idea, but that's not really for you know regular users. So. Yeah. So and then we, find me. You know, we I'm want to at send Rob Hahn on Twitter. On Twitter, so. easy to find you. Well, cool, Rob. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to talking Thank to you, you again, Rebecca. my friend. Have a great day. All Take right. care. Peace. Peace. Oh my gosh, you guys, that was so much fun. Like I could seriously talk to Rob for hours and hours and hours, and I totally forgot to ask him about professional card player, maybe why he lives in Vegas and about his airplane hangar past. So obviously we're gonna have to have him on again. And in the meantime, if you wanna see what he's doing today, go to decenterlabspxforphoenix.com and see about putting your own home on his platform. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day